Welcome back to Dirty 30, the show where Lauren and I talk about just the facts and do so in only 30 minutes. So join us tonight as we head back to the top of that famous monument as we decide the Mount Rushmore of your favorite product mascots. This week on Dirty 30. The Brew Interviews, coast to coast, brews, faves, and more with Lauren and Robbie. So how you been, Lauren? Well, Robbie, I have been fine. I've been fine. My my mind was blown recently um, because I discovered that uh, Jeffrey Zakarian, right? You know who yeah. that is? Yes. He is not gay. Did you know that he's not gay? Yeah, he has a he's a wonderful wife and children and family. I didn't know that. He's very metrosexual. I would have pegged him as gay. He's fashionable, I think, is the thing. Yeah. He's really like sleek and fashionable with his suits and fancy glasses. And his glasses and, kind of and his yeah. yeah, he threw me right for a loop. Thought he was gay. Also, Anne Burrell, not gay. Not yeah, gay. that one. That one's wrong. I think that's wrong. <laughs> She's engaged to a man. Good cover. Good cover, as you would say uh what is that it's a beard that would be her yeah. beard right robbie how are you well i got puked on by a dog the other night oh i've had that happen to me before uh so uh dog stella she's a silent puker which is the most fascinating thing i've ever seen i've never seen an animal silently puke yeah they always like <laughs> it's something there's some noise there's some indication that the animal is going to puke we were eating dinner and she puked of course in the middle of the rug not on the you know linoleum Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big gigantic thing of puke we didn't even notice it we're like oh oh shit okay we gotta clean that up oh my god we're like oh hey you feel better Stella? Blah, blah 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 we sit down after dinner watching our shows as we normally do i have a pillow on top of me and stella was kind of like making weird movements and and we had joked like oh wow she's puking again you know but we didn't then- hear anything nothing happened and then I go, yeah, yeah, it'd be funny if she puked. And I smacked my hand down and I smashed my hand into a big pile of vomit <laughs> that was right up next. Like, oh. luckily it was on the pillow and not on me. So, but I, I still smashed my hand into it. And I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> oh my God. Fucking dogs. Gotta love them. Good, good experiences. So what are you drinking, Lauren? Let's get right well, into this. Well, yeah. Uh, let's get over this beer real quick. Um, I am drinking pomegranate state. Uh, from Night Shift Brewing. This is a Saison with oats and pomegranate. Um, it's a 6.4% ABV, and it's not great. It's pretty bad. It's <laughs> it, Robbie said it looked like I'm drinking cherry piss, uh, and just a correction on that, it's kind of like drinking pomegranate piss. Um, it's, it's not the worst Saison I've ever had, but it's not the best saison i've ever had and i'm sure that other people like it but it is not what i expect from a saison it, it was just kind of a bummer because this beer was made by night shift to celebrate new hampshire the granite state which is why it's called pomegranate uh what pomegranate state of mine what is it called pomegranate state yeah pomegranate state so it's supposed to celebrate new hampshire and, and that's why i bought it initially and it was so depressing it's just so bad it's a disgusting beer it so when you take a like a sip of this beer, like a, a gulp of this beer, like it has so much potential to be such a good beer and it just falls so short. It is like super yeasty up front, which I know people like, but like I don't like that. And I know that's expected from a Saison, but like I like my Saisons more on the sour end than like the yeasty end. And it just like 
I want to be, if you're going to give me that much yeast, I want to be smacked in the face with like a lot of good pomegranate flavor. And it's, it's like just zero. Kind of, it, it's, it's very, very mild. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like drinking sour yeast to me at this point <laughs> with like a, like a hint of like some sort of tart fruit. Um, so I'm pretty disappointed, but yeah. I will drink it nonetheless. Exactly. Yes. What are you drinking this week, Robbie? I am drinking Burn the Ships from Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Ooh, I this love is them. a cherry wood smoked IPA. Ooh. Coming in at 7%. I've had Abel Ebenezer before. I really don't remember a whole lot about them at all, even though they're literally half hour away, I think. Yeah, <laughs> they're Merrimack. like they're like right across the river from me. It smells Oh, it's hard to explain. It's 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 definitely got that smoked flavor into it but it's not so much smoke as burnt it's kind of reminds me of black metal that black ip black ipa or whatever the hell it was yeah but not as not as extreme yeah from trillium not as extreme so it's nice it's nice and subtle it's definitely tolerable there just isn't a whole lot else going on it's just like they just said oh it's cherry wood smoked for smoked sake like they just were like you know yeah I don't. I don't know how to explain it. I really don't. So it's just it's something you have to try. Smoky flavored. Is that what you're? It's barely me? smoky flavored, but it's a darker IPA. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty dark. It's mundane. It's not bitter at all. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think I'd ever buy this again. <laughs> Wonderful. It's, it's I'm worth... glad we both have disappointing beers. Today. I know, right? It was worth the experience. I mean, that's the whole reason I bought it in the first place. Was it said it was a cherry wood smoked IPA? But not that I was expecting cherry flavor or anything bullshit like that. I was just yeah. out of curiosity's sake. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I like the company, I, but I wouldn't buy this one again. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that we just both have um, kind of beers on the lower end of the, the breweries that we have tonight because Night Shift is great beer, an great. amazing brewery. And I, yeah. I don't think that I've had a Abel Ebenezer that I don't like. So Yeah, I just think this is a one-off oddball. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you add smoke to a beer, you can't have a high expectations. You know what I mean? Exactly. Let's move it on to the main topic for tonight. We have all been shaped and influenced by commercials and advertisements for products over the years. Some of those products used mascots to help advertise. Some of those mascots have been on TV and in print ads for over 50 years and are still influential in our lives. And here at the Brew Reviews, we wanted to find out who we think are the four most iconic product mascots to sit atop Mount Rushmore. Yes. I went into this thinking it was going to be kind of simple, but the more I got into it, I'm like, oh, fuck, there's that one too, and then there's this guy, and then there's this girl, and then there's little... I'm like, oh, my lord. So there probably is going to be a lot of honorable mentions. Yes. But we're just going to do our four that we think should be the most iconic. This was hard. It was very hard. I had, a, I had a really... I had a really hard time choosing my last one. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I nailed mine. I mean, obviously these are all debatable because I think each it's iconic to different people, I guess, in a way. Right. But I, there's still some that are more iconic than others. I, I really, I really, really had to not play favorites in this because this could have <laughs> very easily turned into a fave five. Yeah. It, there's so many options for this. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, should I go first? Yeah, Robbie, you go first. All right. My first product mascot on Mount Rushmore is Poppin' Fresh, the Pillsbury Doughboy. 
Wonderful. I have uh, Pop and Fresh on my uh, Mount Rushmore also, Robbie. Excellent. Uh, Pop and Fresh, a.k.a. the Pillsbury Doughboy, was born in a kitchen in Chicago in 1965. Rudy Purs, a copywriter for an advertising agency, was asked to asked with help creating an ad campaign for Pillsbury's refrigerated dough product line. He imagined a living doughboy popping out of a Pillsbury Crescent Rolls can to separate him from the rolls. Purs. I keep wanting to say Perez, but it's Purs. I, I thought it's, it was Perez, so annoying. you do you. Do you. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, Purs added a chef's hat and a white scarf. He also gave him big blue eyes and made him giggle when he poked him in the stomach. <laughs> Originally conceived to be an animated character, Purs was influenced by a stop-motion technique used for the opening credits of some show that he watched. Um, artist Milt Schaefer soon brought the Doughboy to life using stop-motion clay animation after creating a three-dimensional puppet. The cost to create the puppet was $16,000, which is about $120,000 in today's money. And in October of 1965, he started in his very first commercial for Pillsbury Crescent Dinner Rolls. Since then, Poppin' Fresh has appeared in more than 600 commercials, representing more than 50 products. I love the Pillsbury Doughboy. He's awesome. Same. Same. <laughs> yeah, you poke him in the belly, he makes a cute sound, you know. Yeah. It's also like a little me. creepy, but it's okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, he is also eight inches and eight eight and three fourth inches tall, with his hat on, and he weighs fourteen ounces. Just for anyone out there who wanted, yeah, to know. who wants to know, yeah. <laughs> um, he also got uh, uh, his Macy's Day Parade balloon uh, in yeah. two thousand and nine, which is pretty cool. Like that's how you know you've made it to the big times, right? You get well, they balloon. revamped it, right? I have no idea. They had they originally had a Pillsbury Doughboy balloon in the macy's day parade for a while but they revamped it in the 2000s which was basically the same exact pillsbury doughboy <laughs> oh this says that he made his debut as a balloon uh in the macy's no i think he's older than that so yeah i had read that he was his balloon had been there well robbie it beats the That's shit weird. out of me okay I, I read it on the internet therefore it is true did your parents buy like crescent rolls like the canned crescent rolls a lot i feel like my no. parents never bought them <laughs> No, I, I feel like that's kind of like more of a new thing. Like it's in the 60s. I guess. I don't know. Like my mom, but my mom is also like just like makes everything from scratch. So like if we were having rolls, like she just made her own. We didn't like yeah. go out and buy them. Uh, I buy them all the time because I love crescent rolls and pigs <laughs> in a blanket amazing. are my favorite. So <laughs> yeah, crescent rolls are pretty fucking awesome. I had some the other weekend. They were fucking boss. Yeah, and what's what's more iconic? If you post a picture of Poppin' Fresh, everybody knows you got to poke a stomach, and he's gonna laugh. It's just yeah. he's all he wants to do iconic. is bring your family together through baking, through through um, unhealthy <laughs> pastries carbs. and it's carbs. Fun. He's been he's been in in commercials with uh, members of the Brady Bunch. Ooh. Like, come on, that's how you know you've hit stardom. Was it Marsha? No, it was one of the younger ones. Can? I don't. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. What's the other one? I don't remember. Cindy. No, <laughs> oh, maybe that one's it. I think that. I think Cindy. it was. The I can see Cindy. She's the youngest. Yeah, yeah. and I watched the first ad um, for for the Pillsbury Doughboy, and he really doesn't look that much different than he does today. Like he, yeah, yeah. out of simple, because you see mascots, and there are like mascots that have changed drastically since the beginning. And he's yeah. really hasn't changed all that much. He's just gotten more ant like animated instead of claymation, you know? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think everybody's moved away from claymation, which kind of sucks, but it's whatever. I love claymation. Yeah. 
All right, popping fresh on the mountain for sure. Lauren, what's your number two? I might already have it. <laughs> I, I would. I. It would be really funny if we both had the same list for yes. our Mount Rushmore. All right, so my uh, next one on my list is Mr. Peanut from Planters. He is not on my list, but he he was in my very close honorable mentions. Oh, wonderful. Perfect. All right, good. So we have a little bit of variety. Yes. Um, the Planters Peanut Company was founded in 1906, and the 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 conception of Mr. Peanut was uh, like imagined by a 14-year-old boy from Suffolk, Virginia named Antonio Gentile. Uh, like I, I think that they had a contest. And yeah. he like drew like a little sketch of Mr. Peanut and then sent it in and won. They gave him an award of five dollars. Fuck yeah. <laughs> right? Um Mr. Peanut's full name is uh Bar- Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe. Uh <laughs> that's was that also a contest? That that's what uh Antonio named him. So huh. that is his name. So Peanut is not anywhere in the name? Well, he's known as Mr. Peanut, but that, like, his real actual name is Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe. I wish his name was just Richard Peanut. That'd be the best. I, yes. How is it not Dick Peanut? Dick. (laughs) Mr. Dick Peanut. Mr. Bartholomew Dick Peanut. Um, (laughs) The third. The third. Oh, that's funny. Um, Mr. Peanut has been featured on World War II stamps and poster propaganda, which is pretty significant, I would think. Badass. For the companies, and and this is where, like, I really think that the iconicism comes in for him. Uh, The company's 100th anniversary in 2006, uh, planters held an online vote to see what they should change about Mr. Peanut. So, like, they gave you a few, fans could decide between adding cufflinks. Uh, a bow tie or a pocket watch he got cufflinks didn't he no uh everyone voted to not change him at all oh wow okay so people were like don't fuck with mr peanut Um, because they didn't have a write-in section (laughs) (laughs) if they did a write-in section nowadays they'd be like well okay mr peanut's gonna have these nuts (laughs) so i guess we gotta change it (laughs) i bet that there was a write-in section and that was part of it but uh they (laughs) threw that out he now he has he has had some changes like the like his so the the original sketch didn't have like a monocle and and a cane that was added and it's switched sides at some point um oh so fucking fucking enrico what's his name what was the kid's name antonio gentile antonio fucking antonio didn't do shit then he just drew a peanut with eyeballs and legs well he had top hat yeah but no monocle and no cane I don't. I don't remember. What an Robbie. unoriginal fuck! No wonder they only gave him five fucking dollars. Fuck that kid. Wow. Enrico An- Antonio. Anto- Antonio. Antonio. Antonio from Virginia. Um, his original sketches were donated to the Smithsonian, along with like there's like a statue of Mr. Peanut in the Smithsonian. Thank you. S's are hard for me. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. I think Mr. Mr. Peanut's wicked iconic you know he's old as shit but they killed him off did you notice that they killed mr (laughs) peanut off in last year i haven't seen any commercials for planters so i don't know the last year's super bowl killed mr peanut and people were fucking outraged robbie people were like (laughs) how dare you kill mr peanut so then they had to have a follow-up commercial where they buried mr peanut and then 
baby peanut was born from his ashes. Americans get mad at really weird things. We're like, you know, we don't want equal marriage for everybody, but we're like, if you kill Mr. Peanut. Well, Mr. Peanut was like, Mr. Peanut was like 114 years old, you know? Like, you can't kill him. He's iconic. I know. know. And he's a peanut. How do you kill him? And he's a peanut. That is a good addition to the monument. He just barely didn't make it in for me. There's another one that just made it for me personally. I want to see who you chose over him. Who'd you choose over Uh, Mr. Peanut? That's going to be my last one. That's going to be my last one. All right. All right. Uh, My next one to go on to the Mount Rushmore of product mascots is. The Kool-Aid man. Was he on your list? No, he was oh. the... All right, so my last one, I'm going to say, it was neck and neck for yeah. Kool-Aid man and who I chose. Like, I okay. I waited till the very last <laughs> second to choose. It was really hard. So Kool-Aid man is on my honorable mention. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Kool-Aid man was created in 1954. Uh, the precursor to Kool-Aid man, he was called the pitcher man, which just sounds like a horror character. Yeah, I'm glad they changed the name. Yeah. Uh was created by Marvin Potts. In 1974, arms and legs were added to the Kool-Aid Man and introduced as a six-foot-tall pitcher of cherry Kool-Aid. Did he just, like, shake He was just around? a pitcher with a face. Yeah, so he was just a pitcher in a face, and they added the thing because it was, like, an actual costume later on as well. Uh, children, parched from playing or other various activities, would typically exchange a few words referring to their thirst, then put a hand to the side of their mouths, and by shouting, Hey, Kool-Aid! Whereupon, the Kool-Aid man would make his grand entrance, breaking through walls, fences, ceilings, and other furnitures, uttering his famous words, Oh, yeah! Hey, Kool-Aid! Oh, yeah! Kool-Aid's here, bringing you fun pouring the dehydrated youngsters a cool glass of kool-aid i just love the concept of kool-aid man how he would just burst into people's houses and just ruin their homes yes just he does it with a kids. huge smile on his face he does not give a fuck no he's like oh yeah he's like a serial killer just oh yeah drink me bitch and it's kool-aid it's full of sugar so it didn't hydrate any children at all no it's literally just sugar in it's water sugar flavored in sugar water. in water and it's fucking delicious and i love it <laughs> Yes, I love Kool-Aid. I can't drink it because I won't stop. One time I drank oh, so much Kool-Aid, I threw up, Robbie. Just that, fun and fact she was for 24. <laughs> I was in eighth, sixth grade. I was in sixth grade. Still unacceptable. Nature's classroom. I fucking drink the shit Nature's out of that classroom. Kool-Aid. Oh, that's Because I wasn't allowed to have it at home. So anytime that I had Kool-Aid, I True. was like, fuck yeah, I'm drinking the whole pitcher, bitches. Kool-Aid Man is super iconic for me as well. I mean, we had it as kids, but... When we were kids, the commercials were more animated and yeah. see not CG, but they were just they were just animated Kool-Aid man bursting through your wall for real life kids. And I just like the concept of a crazy giant carafe of cherry flavored liquid bursting through your home. It is just the best. Yeah. What's and and Kool-Aid man like isn't just in Kool-Aid man commercials. Like he's made appearances in like Family Guy, I think. Like yes, yeah, a lot. through walls. <laughs> like I I'm pretty sure that Dane Cook has like a like a bit about him in like one of his like Yeah. things that he Uh he had a video do. game back in the day. He would had a video game on Atari 2600 and the uh ColecoVision or a television, one of those old 70s and 80s gaming Some consoles. sort of game. Yeah. But yeah. Kool-Aid man, super iconic. I agree, one hundred percent. Kool Aid cool. Man. All right, my next choice for Mount Rushmore is the Michelin Man. Oh, okay, okay. Now this is where I had to not pick favorites on one of them, because uh, like I don't, 
And it was so hard to find mascots that weren't food. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all of the mascots I have except for the Michelin Man are food mascots. Yeah, because they, they were they were geared towards kids and families and not, you know, consumer. Not not like the normal consumer. They're looking for, like, car parts or, or insurance or things like that. They were just like, mascots is what brings in people for food products, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So... So I chose Michelin Man because I think out of all the ones that I have like on my Mount Rushmore list and my honorable mentions, he is the longest running mascot that I could find. Yeah, Um, probably. So the Michelin Man has been the brand of Michelin since 1898. Michelin tires. Michelin tires. Yes. Not the like Michelin stars. For the the layman. Right. Um, so that's a really fucking long time to be a mascot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he's changed over the years, but he's generally the same guy. Uh, he, his real name is uh, Bibbendum. Bibbendum? Bibbendum. Bib for short. Uh, he used to use a term in a lot of commercials that was a Latin term, and I can't pronounce any words, so I'm just stick with me here. Um, yeah. Nunz est bibendum, uh, which is Latin for now is the time to drink. So I think that's very fitting <laughs> for <What>? our <laughs> podcast because in his old ads, he would like just fucking drink a cup of like nails and broken glass. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's supposed to be like, look what our tires can handle. Yeah, yeah. Um, or a beer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so his this mascot, as everyone knows, is, is white, uh, which is like, oh, well, he was created based on a pile of tires. So why is he white? Well, tires were not colored black until 1912 so yeah they were white yeah so he's based on og tires essentially yeah um so but he's like so iconic that like chair does like famous like uh furniture designers have like designed chairs uh based on him called the bib and dumb chair uh (laughs) designed by eline gray in 1925 there are like restaurants that have like stained glass windows of the Michelin Man. Michelin um, star ratings? Does that have anything to do with? I have no idea. I thought about that, didn't look it up. So the world. God damn it! Um, but like travel magazines used to like literally have like a column for the Michelin, Michelin Man. Michelin guide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what the that's where the Michelin star ratings came from was the Michelin guide. Well, I don't know, Robbie. Okay, I'm God not as smart it. as you are. <laughs> Anyways, I think that like. As far as mascots go, like, he's the oldest, he's the longest running. That makes him probably the most iconic. You know what I mean? Um, and, only, and, like, my... like uh, Ghostbusters, the fl- fucking, like, fl- <laughs> puff guy. He was, like, Mr. based on... Yeah, he was, like, based on the Michelin Man, so... Um, so my only and the Pillsbury against... Doughboy combination. My only argument against the Michelin Man, because I thought about him, too. He's on my honorable mentions. Is that if you put up the Michelin Man against, like you know, five to 10 year olds, I guarantee you maybe 20% of them would know who he is. That's my only thought. That was like my thought process. Well, we didn't do, we didn't do mascots based on what 10 year olds can identify, Robbie. No, but that's what iconic is though, isn't it? Like, I mean, if you brought the Michelin man to, uh, you know, 
fucking Kabul, Afghanistan, and you're like, who is this? They'd be like, and they blow up, and they wouldn't know because they don't know who the Michelin Man is, Lauren. They the would Michelin know who Man the is, is world renowned, Robbie. The Kool they would know who the Kool Aid Man is because terrorists know the Kool Aid Man because they use his tactics to get into buildings. Listen, I understand what you're saying. Okay, <laughs> yes. I understand, but like world over, Michelin Man is probably more identifiable than Pillsbury Doughboy. It's possible. It's possible. I'm just saying, Robbie. I don't. I personally don't give one shit about the Michelin Man. Okay, but in it's regards to like brand mascots, I think he's probably one of the most iconic. Okay, again, not a fave five, just Mount Rushmore. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of the most iconic, who I think is the most iconic brand mascot of all time, which brings me to my next one, and that is Tony the Tiger from Frosted Flakes. Robbie, that is also my last choice for Mount Rushmore. Excellent. I have a lot of information about Tony the Tiger. In 1951, Eugene Kolke, an accomplished graphic artist, and Leo Burnett, art director, Edward Kern, sketched a character for a contest to become the official mascot of a Kellogg's brand new breakfast cereal. Tony competed against three other potential mascots for the public's affection. Katie the Kangaroo which I don't even want to talk about, Elmo the Elephant, which would have changed history for Sesame Street, and Newt the New. I don't know what a new is. I'm, I'm, I looked it up, Robbie. I looked up it? what a new is. I forgot is. to. It's like a combination of an antelope and water buffalo. That is they a live horrible mascot. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's like a skinny water buffalo, if oh, you will. God, thank, thank God Newt horns. didn't win. Thank fucking God Tony the Tiger won. The final Tony the Tiger design came from a group of former Disney animators known as Quartet Films, which also designed the Jolly Green Giant, Snap, Crackle, and Pop, the Ham's Beer Bear, and the Baltimore Orioles mascot, among others. And the Pillsbury Toeboy. Oh, it was the same person? Uh, I don't know if it was the same group, but it's the same uh, company. Was it the same company? Okay. Yes. Uh, Tony got his iconic quote, they're great, from a 1955 print ad in Life magazine. It's great. He has been voiced by many people throughout the years, but Thurl Ravenscroft is the most well-known and held the role for the longest from 1953 to 2005. So when you think of Tony the Tiger's voice, Thurl Ravenscroft is who you think of. Tony the Tiger is iconic. I didn't eat a lot of Frosted Flakes as a kid. I hate Frosted Flakes. I, I, I don't hate them. I enjoyed them, but... What's more iconic than they're great? Literally. I, for a product that I don't enjoy, I enjoy the mascot. And every time <laughs> exactly. I think of Frosted Flakes, they're great pops into your head. Like yeah. that, that is, a, he's probably one of the most iconic, like brand mascots, I think. He's got to be. He's got to be. Yeah. And it's cereal. And it was so hard not to pick just a bunch of cereal mascots. I love cereal mascots. I love so cereal. I. I, so. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Ah, yes. But if we had, uh, like, we should do a Fave 5 cereal mascot. Uh, yeah. Just saying. Or... Yeah. Anyways. So he did He did make your list? I don't remember what he you did. said. He did. Was, he was the oh, last no. one on my Mount Rushmore. Oh, perfect. So we matched on two of them, Robbie. We matched on two of them, but I have one more left, Lauren. You do? Who is it? This one is just iconic to me because I had a hard time choosing the last one. And that is the M&M's. Oh, yes. The M&M's. The red and yellow M&M's. Early black and white advertisements for the candy in 1954 featured two talking anthropomorphic M&M characters, one plain and one peanut, diving into a small pool of chocolate. 
Many iterations have been created over the years, but the two main M&M characters are red, which is the plain M&M, and yellow, my favorite, the peanut M&M. Yep. The M&Ms have been in many commercials over the years, usually surrounded by celebrities or in their most famous commercial, Santa Claus. I was going to say, I love the, the Christmas M&M commercials. If you watch that Christmas M&M commercial with Santa Claus, it is like the same shoot from like 2005 or whenever it came out. Like you can tell it's grainy. Like it's, it's an old film shot. Yep. Yep. <laughs> It's so great. Uh, the M&Ms continue to be iconic advertising staples on our TVs and have been included in numerous lines of knickknacks and toys and products. I think out of all these product mascots that we've talked about and that I've seen, the M&M characters have been in more stuff, just more stuff than I've ever seen in my entire lifetime. I like to go thrifting into antique stores and so do you. Everybody has a weird section of M&M character shit you're not wrong it's crazy they're they're super iconic i just think they've been in the most things ever i i used <laughs> to have a i used to have a computer game uh of the m yeah. I, I used to have an m&m computer game that i would play yeah they had an m&m uh kart racer for the nintendo wii like it was a, it was a kart racer uh, yeah. computer game yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so much m&m shit i mean race car companies are sponsored by Eminem. They have the Eminem car that has been That's going true. forever. Like it's just it's ongoing with Eminem, which I'm okay with because I absolutely adore Eminem. We're gonna name off some honorable mentions. I have a long list here of honorable mentions. We're gonna go through really quick. I have uh, six. Cool. I might mention some of them. Uh, we have Jolly Green Giant, super yep. iconic for vegetables. Awesome. Mister Clean. Is he I got gay? a fucking trout pillow hey, instead of... He must be. No, he's, no, I don't think he's gay. He's got an earring and he, he likes does cleaning. Have an earring. He's he does for have sure an gay. He might be a little... Him and the brawny man just smashing Oh my god. I, I'm gonna, I bet you that there's porn based on that. I'm That's like the cleanest house ever though, right? Oh my god. Okay, yes. so if Mr. Clean is banging the brawny guy, who cleans up afterwards? It's a team effort, Robbie. Is it a because team effort? Because that's what true partners do. <laughs> Not just not just the brawny man wiping up some dirty old Mr. Clean cum. Wonderful. Uh, we talked about the Michelin Man. We have the Energizer Bunny, which yep. was kind of this weird cartoon slash pup, real puppet all for all it of It kind of creeps existence. me out, to be honest. I don't really like yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, the Geico Gecko. Super Geico famous Gecko. now. Just not that old. The Noid. If you remember the 80s and 90s, the Noid was this weird bunny character for Domino's Pizza. No, I have no idea what that is. He had like video games and weird things. It was like Spot for 7-Up. No, Remember Spot? I, I, no. Oh, wow. Well, Chester Cheetah, that's another one. Love him. And one of my personal favorites, the California Raisins. They they are, okay, so they should be <laughs> like on the mountain because they are very iconic. They have fan clubs. That yeah. I had I had California Raisin figurines that I played oh, yeah. with when I was a kid. Like, I had toys. They had the I had a shitload of California raisin toys. <laughs> yeah. Where did they go? What happened to them? The the California raisin board, I guess, just died because that's what they were sponsoring. I don't know. Yeah. Now it's like the Sunkiss raisin chick. Sunkiss. Fucking Sunkissed bitch. Fuck you, cunt. You ain't no kiss. raisin man. Yeah. Fuck you. You can't sing Heard It Through the Grapevine, you dumb bitch. Sorry. I'm bitter <laughs> over it. Before we go, we're going to rate our beers real Robbie, quick. 
You didn't even let me say my honorable mention. Oh, it sounded like I hit everything on your list. No, I was none of those are on my list. I was just saying, yep, because oh, I like it. Oh, for Christ's sake, let's go. All right. So uh, non, non-food, non I have Mario for Nintendo. He is the mascot of Nintendo. I didn't but count him. Again, that's why he's not on yeah. the fucking Mount Rushmore, Robbie. I have Mickey Mouse mascot, for- video game character. Mickey Mouse for Disney. Again, I don't really consider Disney to be like a product, but like yeah. he's the mascot of it. And like it's a huge. cartoon, yeah. Um, I have Snap, Crackle, and Pop for Rice Krispies. Yep. Um, uh, Kool-Aid Man, I already mentioned. And uh, Mr. Owl, the Tootsie Pop. Perfect. Before we go, we're going to rate our beers real quick. I drank Burn the Ships, a cherry wood smoked IPA from Abel Ebenezer uh, in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Very, very, you have to kind of like these kind of things to enjoy it. I don't personally recommend it if you like my kind of beer taste based on the show. One, two, five. It's drinkable. You can just keep, you can just keep drinking it, but it's not super enjoyable. Uh, well, that brings me to my beer here, Robbie. Uh, I drink pomegranate state saison with oats and pomegranate from Night Shift Brewing. Um, it got better as I drank it. Uh, I think that all the flavor was like at the bottom, so it, it became a little <laughs> bit shake more. It. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't want to shake it. Um, it became a little bit more flavorful, but it still fell super short. Um, if you like Saison's, you'll probably like it better than me. But I'm going to rate this beer at two. Well, that just about wraps it up for this episode. You can find The Brew Interviews on our Instagram account at The Brew Interviews or on Twitter at Brew Interviews. You can also send us an email at thebrewinterviews at gmail.com or on Facebook under The Brew Interviews. And if you feel so inclined, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Brew Interviews and become part of The Brew Interviews family, just like these people. Hillary, Mitch, Steph, Karen, Danny, Jess, and the Wreck My Podcast crew, thank you very much for supporting the show. Also, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. Also, be sure to check out our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and use our promo code BREW4U. That's BREW, the number for you, and get 50% off almost any when item. So you get yourself something sexy and also help out the show at the same exact time. And Valentine's Day is coming. So get your significant other something super nice. For the Brew Interviews, I'm Robbie. And I'm Lauren. Good night. Good night. This has been The Brew Interviews, a podcast about craft beers coast to coast with Lauren and Robbie. That's true. Every time I light forest fires, I think about Smokey the Bear. Yeah, exactly.